This is the intro. Hello and welcome to Last Guys Off the Bench, the podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. My name is Juan and I have Darcy with me who, in order to gain an irrational confidence on the court, instituted his own pregame three beer minimum during his days at the Washington DC rec leave. Darcy, how are you doing? Definitely went over that minimum today, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> you doubled it. Got my irrational confidence on. Let's do it. Oh, let's hear those takes. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> skip versus Darcy. Next on Undisputed. <laughs> FS1, Undisputed. Yeah, hey, man, um, I'm ready to talk, man. Let's get, let's get it going. Let's do it. Well, today on Last Guys Off the Bench, uh, we are definitely at some point going to make fun of uh, Skip Bayless, probably. Uh, but besides that, we're diving into uh, the new... Uh, NBA G League program that they've developed, uh, see what that, how is that going to affect uh, NCAA basketball, and possibly talk about uh, what an end re- a return in the NBA could look like later on in the summer. We hope you enjoy, and uh, thanks for listening. So, uh, let's talk G League. Um, as you may have seen, Darcy, the number one prospect rated by ESPN, along with a couple other players, top prospects, have elected to forego their college eligibility and are joining the new G League program. Uh, This is the second version of the NBA's attempt to attract players to go to the G League instead of going overseas or going to uh, what? what? (laughs) The second version. (laughs) (laughs) Second attempt. It is. First one kind of uh, went under under the radar there. Yeah, it's their it's the their second it's a revamped attempt at trying to get people to go through the G League instead of going to I would say overseas because it's it's it seems like it's really not trying to attract players going to college. It's more so players that are electing to find a different path. Um so you wanna go over it or do you want me to go over it? No, I think um I think you're hitting it on the head, right? So Yeah. Right so, now G, the G League salaries are like Thirty-five or forty thousand dollars for like, <laughs> any other player, bro. Um, we got to talk about how unfair they must, how unfair <laughs> it is to the rest of them. It's crazy, right? And then uh, I know they have the two-way contracts, which I think you get paid more if you're on a two-way contract. But they only have yeah. one or two spots per team. Um, Each and team I think gets two. That's where they pay like a hundred k, right? Yeah, something like that. It's like below a minimum, but way above the G League salary. Yeah, um, and then they have so that was their first attempt at potentially attracting that kind of talent right because you could still make at 18 you could go to the g league yeah nothing's preventing you i think you have no i think nothing's preventing you to go straight to the g league but i'm not sure i don't know if like you had to um also spend a year away from high school before going to the g league but i don't think so um but i don't think anyone ever did that there might have been like one case here or there but not nothing that anyone ever talked about as far as going straight to the g league Mm -hmm. the uh two-way contracts are more so for draft picks um it's like an incentive for uh, a team to hold on to maybe a draft pick that isn't ready to go into the league but 
you know, so they can have an extra roster spot to keep them there. I think it limited the amount of games they could play. It had to be like less than half of the season had to be spent, could be yeah. spent in the NBA. Um, but yeah, so famously LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton, they went to Australia to go play basketball. Uh, LaMelo Ball had already lost his college eligibility, so we knew he was going to go somewhere else. But uh, RJ Hampton decided to do that instead. Uh, I mean, it seems like it seems like a great thing to do. You get to play against professionals. Uh, everyone kept saying you get to play against real men, mm-hmm. and you get paid. So, like, it seems like a win-win. Um, so originally, what the G League had done to try to incentivize players to join the G League was offer a salary of one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, which, like you said, is incredibly more than what any other G League player makes. Yeah, 35000 is the... <laughs> That's the salary? A, so I'm reading for the... I don't know what it is now, but I would assume it's a little more. For the 18-19 season, the NBA G League salaries will increase increase to 35000 for each player. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I make more than that, but enough of me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but no one no one bought that cuz all that what they offered you was 125k and a spot on a G on a G League roster. But I mean, I feel like two thirds of the first round picks end up in the G League anyway, right? So mm-hmm. you have to be like a transcendental star or at least the idea was you have to be really really good to shine. Otherwise you're probably just going to get lost in the roster and lose draft stock. Mm-hmm. So no one did that. But uh Tell us, tell us about the, the revamped NBA G League program part two. Yeah, so the way I understand it is there's a G League, a special team that they're creating, a brand new team um, that's going to be filled up with these select um, high school kids or kids coming straight out of high school who aren't eligible for the NBA draft, a rule that the NBA has instituted themselves. Um, and it's, <laughs> so it's a loophole. <laughs> the NBA doesn't want them coming directly into the NBA. Um, but they don't want them going. So this is really for the kids who are, we're going overseas instead of having them go develop in Australia. Um, the kids who don't want to go to college, they can now go into this. If you're a five-star prospect, you can go into this select team that pays half a million dollars. You're going to play 25 games. I think max of a well, G league season is usually 50. Some of the games will be against other G league teams. Um, some of the games will be against other NBA Academy teams, which I think those are the NBA Academies. Like I think they have them all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the G League concept, but you know, in Africa or in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's really interesting, right? The the NBA <laughs> gets rid of the one and done because they're dra- <laughs> the amount of people who are being drafted at the end of like 2005 and 2004, 2003. Um, the amount of high school students who are putting their name into the draft and not getting drafted or who were getting drafted and ruining teams, you know, GM's uh, reputations and <laughs> falling on their face. It was like almost like to protect themselves. Like I'm sure they didn't really care about the kids, you know, just guessing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't really get it. I think um, so my guy, Dan Levitard always says how it seems a little ridiculous that, NBA would get to profit from their own free minor league system in in the NCAA. So it seems like it seems like both parties in that sense like are in cahoots and like yeah like you get to develop our players and you guys get superstar talent for free. Yeah. So I don't I I don't get what made them decide to to do this. Um I, as in 
Like, I don't know who wins. <laughs> like, I guess the players win, right? But is uh, this I guess the players win. For the NBA? I don't know if the players completely win. I think, I guess it's better than what it was, right? You have an option to stay home. Instead of going to Australia, like Lamella Ball did, and getting paid half a million, you could stay in the States. Your yeah, exposure oh, isn't going to be any greater. That's um, important. Um, so the there's a, there's a specific player designation for, like, young players going to play in um the in the nbl the australian league yeah i forgot i forgot the designation but it's like there's like eight spots available or 10 spots available or something like that and their salary is five hundred thousand dollars so that's where the nba got that number from it didn't just come out of nowhere yeah and it's to Um, compete with teams like that right i mean i think i so i think this helps the ncaa the most in my opinion because it gives, Why? especially especially if the one and done eventually ends, like I, I think we expect it to in the next couple of years. Not that the NBA has said that that's the way they're going to go, but they're talking about they're, it. It's in the air conversation. In the air, right? Um, and if they get rid of that rule and they have this in place, all of the all of those student at, well, all of those athletes who would have been student athletes who didn't want to go to college and have any part of that now have a viable option. So chasing. now you're not going to be chasing. It should get rid of, hopefully, those one-and-done kids. Gives them another outlet, a really realistic outlet. Um, so I guess you're saying right now it's like it's kind of a net zero if like eight kids go. But in two years when they have 30 kids there, you know, or 50. On the select teams? Oh, they're not going yeah. to have that many kids. There's no way. You don't think they're going to have 30 kids? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I guess. I mean, maybe a full roster, maybe 15. I mean, so how do they make the designate? Okay, so it's obvious for five-star prospects. What's the line for you to be able to be on a select team? Right, but, like, if you're a top 30 prospect, you know, I'm so, pretty sure you're allowed. Okay, yeah, so let's say the top 30 prospects, right now, how many of them go to Australia? Two? Yeah, but... Three? Well, I guess what I'm I'm thinking is... At the beginning, when one and done is over, two yeah. years from now, let's say, there's going to be a surge of players that are going to do it. For example, like the NBA, when before they had this rule, there was like a, there was like a lull of like 15 years or something like that, or like 20 years, where yeah. no high school kid went to the NBA. And then um, Kevin Garnett did. Kevin, Kevin Garnett broke it, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, every year, there was at least one or two. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, then there was a bunch. Yeah. Like. Um, so I feel like a lot of people will do the like go straight to the NBA, right? Because that's millions of dollars. But going to the select team isn't millions of dollars. It's half a million, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a if I'm a top twenty pros, let's say I'm I'm not top five. I'm outside of the top five. Okay. And I can go. I could go straight to the NBA. Okay. Let's say that's not maybe that's not an option. Your agent's telling now, you, you know what? Like, you're not going to be a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go to the select team because I want the exposure of a fan base that is guaranteed, and I'll take – So the way that I'm thinking it is – Short-term? Still, well, no, I'm, I'm thinking – yeah, kind of, but yeah. I'm thinking I'm, either way, I'm going to get a year to develop against really good talent, right? Probably better yeah. talent is what I'm thinking. It's I'm definitely going to be better. Right, I'm going to get paid to do it. And teams are already going to have scouts there because it's part of, like, the NBA. Yeah. 
But I feel like, okay, so you go to one of those, the G League select team, and now you're the eighth best person on that team when you would have been the best person on Duke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, you're developing, and you're probably becoming a better player in terms of your skill set, but now you're being judged against these other players when you ha- would have had an opportunity to be the star on your own team with a built-in fan base, you know, a place like Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky. Um, I don't know. I there's, so- there's, there's an allure to that. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking. Yeah, because how many one and dones are there in the draft? Like like fifteen. Oh, a total? When, Ever? Yeah. No, no, like every year, like. 15 I don't know. Probably selected. less than that. Ten. I don't know. Yeah. It's usually the best players because now it's it's frowned upon if you stay, which I mean you're missing out on millions of dollars. Right. Um. Well, it's because. Your draft stock is everything, right? If you have one good year and your your agents or you're hearing because you're not allowed to have an agent that you're yeah. a lottery pick, you know you you can't risk having a bad year, getting injured, so you just do it. Absolutely. Um, but I I think you're still gonna have like those incredible players leave. Either they're going to the select team or they get to be drafted directly into the NBA at some point. Uh, but I could see it being a pro for college basketball for those that who do who want to come in that maybe you're not recruiting those players who are one and done anymore. You're recruiting people who are going to stay for two or more years. You build some quality basketball in as opposed to like what it is now where it's kind of, you know, a lot of college basketball has been in a downward slump probably since they instituted this rule. Except Zion. Yeah, but okay. Zion, (laughs) Zion was amazing. The team wasn't. It yeah, was terrible basketball. Good. They don't play. Yeah. You know, they don't, they just play a lot of one-on-one. It's all right. Herky jerky. I don't know. So I think I'm I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> they don't play team basketball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this article is two years old. I, it's the first one that popped up and I didn't bother to look for anything newer, but yeah. um, I think I was definitely overstating how many one and dones there are already yeah, and this... thinking, it would only increase the amount of straight to high school slash straight to G League players. But 2016, so three drafts ago, there were five one and done players. 2015, there were eight. And then 2014, there were seven. So you get an idea. 2013, there were six. Yeah. So that just gives you an idea. It's it's about six to tops ten that yeah. are. So I think those, last year broke the record, you know. Those players should be you know, if you're seriously just going, man, again, I sound so old. I'm not saying it because I don't think they deserve, like, like that you should have the option not to have to go to college to play basketball. You should be able to go to this G League team. You should be able to go straight to the NBA. There's no reason if that's all you want to do, you don't need to, there's no, like, I don't want it to, I don't want college basketball to be a farce, which is what it is now where you're going, you're going to play basketball for three months, you're there for one semester, and you leave, you know? Yeah. So, I'm just thinking, like, I get your exposure thing, right? Because I think these guys, like, are just going to get hidden. Exactly. So, you you can lose out um, on, like, shoe deals and endorsements. And now college basketball, I don't know if you've, like, heard about this. That they can, They're talking about uh, the athletic endorsements, which talk about a fucking can of worms. 
Um, so you could just they, be like, <laughs> the boosters will be like, oh, I'll give you half a million from Adidas <laughs> to come here. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be nasty. The original argument or the original like loophole that I heard, because uh, yeah. after California allowed it, the NCAA was like, what are we going to do? They just recently allowed players to, to profit from their likeness. Yeah. So um, like jerseys and. Yeah. And uh, like people were going to say like, oh, oh my gosh, like boosters are just going to use a mom and pop shot from like the city that the college is in as a front yep. to pay them a million dollars. And it's like, just like Zion Williamson on the cover of, or like, like on this huge poster board for this like random pizza place, like local <laughs> pizza shop that somehow affords to pay them. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I think that's going to happen, but I hope that the, the, like the option again, if maybe the G league selecting means it doesn't mean shit. Um, but if they were to allow NBA play or uh, college aged players to go straight to the NBA, that should fix that. You wouldn't be paying people at least at that clip, right? Because <laughs> Zion would yeah. just put, he's, he, there's no reason he should have went to college, right? Now, I don't know about these guys who are going to the select team. I, I don't know if they're good enough just to make the jump from high school to the NBA. That's what got the NBA in trouble in the first place when they were drafting people like Kwame Brown first. <laughs> or, well, you know, Gerald Green's a lottery pick, right? Like, it's just, what made it special, I guess, or what, what brought it to national attention wasn't just that a player decided to do it. It's that the number one prospect decided to, like the guy that people think are going to go, is going to go yeah. number one in 2021. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, and look at Lamella, who just went to the Australian League, the NBL, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's a top three pick. He might be the number one, depending on who gets it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I guess kind of related. Is that not Lonzo really, Ball actually. can't lift weights? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More on Lonzo Ball's uh, erratic form on FS1. Skip over to you. Yeah, <laughs> skip over to you. And I just think Lonzo Ball is out of control. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I love LeVar Ball and what he's done for his sons. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> skip, 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 skip. Now skip. Skip. <laughs> skip. Have you seen that video where he gets he gets really mad at him and he's like, "It's my turn. You said it was my turn to talk." Oh. Skip does. Have you seen that one? No. Dude, he sounds like a child. I mean, not surprised. All right. Um, how come no one goes to Europe? Like, I think this, if anything, says more about how good the European leagues are because no one wants to look bad there. No, yeah, you don't go because you get lost, right? And that's the same argument for doing the select thing. Um, again, you have great, the benefit there is like, like you said, you're scouted by NBA teams. It's not even that you're scouted, you're working with them. Because you already are scouted at college, you know, in college, but it's guaranteed check. It's a lot of money. Um, if you don't want to go to school and have, like, have no desire to like ever do that, right. And get your degree. Like that's just not on your, on your radar. It makes a lot of sense. I mean. So something important, I think, is um, so this is coming from ESPN, and their blurb is that it's a it's a year long developmental program with the G with G League oversight that will include professional coaching, top prospects, and veteran players who will combine training and exhibition competitions against, like you said, G League teams, foreign teams, NBA academies throughout the world. But more importantly, there's a educational aspect about it where. They're going to be like taking your money and shit. Yeah, they'll be taking classes, but that's like, cool. Not gen eds at your regular university. It'll be like how to like how to be fiscally responsible. Oh, that's um, dope. Stuff about investment, investing, like all the 
yeah. uh, economics aspects of it, the lifestyle aspects of it, you know, yeah. how to handle being rich, essentially, <laughs> which that's is awesome. honestly what they care about. Like, oh, that's what they that's need a, too. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's dope. So I think that's cool. Uh, part of the idea though is that like I don't know where these veteran players are gonna like I don't know if they're just gonna start hiring like big three people and just like bring them over to train these uh, young guys or what. Pretty cool. But uh, you know, it'd be fun to see is uh, I can't wait. Like if I was on another G League team, right? And you're again, you're making thirty five thousand um, <laughs> dollars. Wreck them. I would be going so fucking hard. I've never tried hardest than harder <laughs> like, in a game. We're playing the select team. I'm going at them right? i didn't try this hard for my nba tryout <laughs> yeah one from a like i, I want to prove that i'm here right and the people yeah. in the g league like i think the g league is better than any euro league team it's like oh i don't think so I, it's up there man like the people on these teams are viable nba players they're an an, a broken Ball. ankle away from yeah. uh, you know like people who like played in notre dame people who played at duke that weren't like five-star recruits right these are these are people who know what they're doing and they're professionals that a lot of them have played in the league before. So yeah, they could play over in Europe, but they don't because they don't want to leave the States or they want an easy option to get back into the NBA. You know, it's a lot easier for me to, you know, uh, Joel Embiid's hurt again. Let me call up the, somebody from the Delaware 66ers or whatever yeah, their team sure, is. Yeah, for sure, but uh, <laughs> no. Um, why was that? <laughs> I think – it's very likely that this honestly dies out. I think maybe two years yeah. tops. And then like, honestly, I think what's going to happen is not that the number one high school prospect ends up being the number one college prospect, right? Most of the times they fall people, you know, like different yep. people shine depending on what happens, but yep. this guy being projected to be the number one pick a year from now, I think that'll really, set the tone like if, if he ends up dropping out of the lottery people aren't going to want to do this they're going to assume it's because he didn't have the same exposure yeah. if uh he gets still picked in the top five people are going to take it like as a legitimate option as opposed to going to college yeah. i think that i think it's a legitimate option it's just well, it's for the people who want to be one and done let's look at it this way though rj hampton was the number one prospect in high school last year right yeah. and lamar ball was like a number 20 prospect apparently his draft stock dropped because he just he wasn't in high school anymore and like no one was looking at his games in Lithuania and his dad's made up league yeah but the difference was and the NBL said this like their uh viewership grew by like 500 percent whenever LaMelo Ball played yeah but no one gave a shit about RJ Hampton and he's not a top he's not considered a top five pick anymore and that's the fear here with the G League team no one's gonna watch the G League select team so did RJ Hampton's stock fall because he wasn't that good or because everyone stopped paying attention because he was a con- like on the other side Both? of the world? Both. Because so, you can't tell I, me if he was on like Louisville just tearing it up this past year that he wouldn't be a top five pick. Right. And I, like, like we said, LaMelo, the only reason he superseded that was because he was already like a like He's well known. Everybody's, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's, yeah. Everyone knows him because of that. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. So there was uh, some, there was some other kid. Yeah. Okay. He balled, but like, that was like Emmanuel Moutier played over there somewhere. Like nobody gave shits, <laughs> man. Brandon Jennings went to play over there. Like, yeah, that was really cool. That was very different. You didn't want to go to college. I get it. And yeah. you wanted to get paid right away. Now their stocks didn't drop too much, but who the hell knows? What they weren't held. If, 
Yeah, it was it wasn't helped. Yeah. It wasn't like they went from you know, 15 to 1. They went from 10 to 11 or 12. Yeah, they're yeah. somewhere in the middle of the lottery. Yeah. I think the G League option, I, I agree with you. I I mean, like, I think it'll be viable for some people. It just won't be – I don't see – if if Jalen Green could have went straight into the NBA, he would have. So I think if they change that rule, it's just, like, completely different. Wouldn't it then maybe lessen the quality, I guess, um, of – so if we let's say there's three there's three players a year who legitimately have the possibility of making an NBA roster straight from high school. Yeah. And if those three were going to the select team hypothetically every year and now instead they're going straight to the draft, then what kind of talent does the select team get that would opt to do that instead of college? Yeah. You I think it's it, it's probably just a bridge until they get rid of the one and done. Yeah, that's fair. Or you certainly you certainly would have wouldn't want to pay them five half a million, no. you know. But yeah, I think any how many people did you were you riddling off before for each draft that are one and done? It's like that's like those three. are the people who need to go to the G League option. It was like yeah. somewhere between three and eight, right? You know that, yeah. that that makes sense to me if you're just. But some of them don't know, and some of them. Again, yeah. I, I think there's a benefit to I, – I know you're not getting paid, and some of them probably really need who, – who, nobody's going to sniff at half a million dollars. Um, and some of them, I'm sure, really need the money. But oh. if you can afford to wait and get that exposure and get that guarantee – so you go to so go you ahead. go to Duke, right? You're, all those people who watch you at Duke, even if it's just for that one year, are obsessed with you for the rest of your career. You're a, you're a Duke person. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Kyrie Irving played eight games for Duke and he's like, everybody thinks he's a Dukey, right? He's a blue devil and he gets yeah. treated that way. It's, it's the brand. It's, they're going to buy your shoes. They're going to buy your Jersey. They're going to root for you. I don't know. It's just, there's something to be said for that. Nobody's going to root for the Tulsa Thunder <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Well, it's going to be, yeah. I guess it's, it's a Southern California team. So it's going to be like the LA, uh, I don't know. Uh, aren't they? Defenders. Uh, the DC Defender? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Santa, Santa Clara Warriors. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Santa Cruz. Oh, Santa Cruz Warriors. Yeah, great team. Yeah. If San Diego had a team, I'd go all the time, so I can't be bashing yeah. it. I like, well, you know, it's good show. So, speaking of money, uh, bad transition. Dun, dun, um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so one thing that I think is interesting um, – and I don't know how much it'll play in based on, you know, the fact that NCAA players cannot use their likenesses. The original version of this gave potential prospects a slot on a regular G League team. And we were just going to be part of the G League. It was supposed to be like, oh, you get to play still competitive basketball, get to get scouted or whatever. And the salary was $125,000. And no one even sniffed at it. Like, no yeah. one touched it. No one liked that idea. There wasn't any college prospect interested. And now, it's a little different. But now that the salary is 500 k it makes you wonder <laughs> uh-huh. what these kids were making at these colleges. So, Amin Hassan, who was a, works for ESPN now. I think he worked for the Suns for a long time. He worked for the Suns. Um, yeah. He, was bas- he basically said that. He was just like you know, how much were these guys making at Duke, at UNC, at fucking Michigan State that they didn't even sniff at 125K? 
the Captain <laughs> Crunch of the tournament. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I for- yeah. I I forgot what school it was that, or someone testified during like the whole hearings regarding. Oh, the Arizona the- thing. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But it wasn't Arizona. It was like a mid major, and they were paying like a hundred grand a year to get like a prospect. <laughs> so it's like, what are the big school? What is Arizona paying? <laughs> Well, they have just—they just have so much money that yeah. those kids are bringing in. Who the hell knows, man? I like the—if they can control it, I do like the endorsement route. Yeah. I don't know how you control that, but if you can control it so that. I think it's the fairest, right? Like, so that yeah, they can still it, be if, students in the eyes of the school. As if in, Zion like, no. can get a, a million-dollar shoe deal from Adidas, like, do your do your thing, man. Right. Yeah. As opposed to. I like the idea of them being able to make amounts like good amounts of money out of their off of their uh, likeness, and for the people that want the integrity, um, yeah. you podcasters, this is in quotes, the integrity of college basketball. It's not the school paying them, right? Like they're not getting paid to go to school, so to speak. So it's yeah. a nice little middle ground. I like it. I'm a big fan. All right, talk to us about the NBA coming back. Dude, all right. So as you know, it took Juan a long time, but he finally read this article I put out. First one on lastguysoffthebench.com. Check it out. Um, cool site. It's a cool site uh, about the NBA, what an NBA return could look like. And they're still talking about – they haven't canceled the season, obviously, and they're still talking about trying to have it. I, I still – Juan, I still would be really shocked just from a financial standpoint if they just straight out canceled it, right? The pl- like everybody loses TV, the owners, the players. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of money at stake. I feel like they're going to ha- find a way to finish out at least the so, playoffs. I do think they're going to cancel it. Yeah. And, and here's why. Talk to me. Everyone, guys. everyone, not just me wants the Spurs to keep their playoff streak alive. <laughs> and the only way that that can happen is if the 2019-2020 season is canceled. Yeah, the three Spurs fans, Juan, Emily, and Shea Serrano, are hoping that NBA, NBA season is canceled. Streak to and, and, I mean, anybody who's in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> that pop connection? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I really do think it's going to get canceled. I, yeah. The way that I see it is it's May, right? The players it's have already said, May. oh, my God. The players have already said um, that they essentially would need some time to come back before. Um, so let's say you give them three weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, what was your potential start date? Was it in July? Uh, Mid June. Mid June. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that would happen, but because for the start date to be mid June by mid May, the players would be able to. Yeah, so I had it being uh, May fifteenth, so, right? Actually, so we're actually on on point right now. Oh, because they're they're because, about to open up the gyms. Yeah, because so my my plan that I had outlined was uh the in mid May for the for fourteen days, like which is the you know that quarantine period, um they would allow players to do individual workouts. Yeah. So that's and then we we would end up you know right around the end of May start starting to do a two week training camp essentially to get them ready to play games in mid-June. So individual workouts, which are starting to happen now in some states, 
flow into the training camp and then flow into the regular or the playoffs jumping right in. Um, yeah, man, I, I, just I think we're getting tight. It's getting tight here. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it has to happen exactly tomorrow to be on track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean in general, you know, like, cause like we were talking about before we started recording, um, it makes a lot of sense for the league to move to a December start date with because of the pandemic and just in general to not compete as much against football and for them to run their season all the way through August draft is in August and um, summer league is like Labor Day weekend. Right. Um, Doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. uh, You know, we could, we could mess with autumn league. Oh, that sounds dope. Autumn league. Yeah. yeah. You know, autumn ball, autumn ball, 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 dude, fall ball, fall ball. It's like, yeah, Uh, I would totally buy a shirt that says fall ball. Yeah. All right. We'll start that trend. I also like Autumn Ball right, or Autumn, Autumn Ball. I like it. Um, so I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. For, they're going to do that anyways, right? Um, yeah. So they would need to end whatever they would do this summer for the – the championship would need to end sometime in – before Labor Day, right? Yeah. So there's still some time. The way Okay, so the way that I see it is um, I think it was – Brian Windhorst was saying – uh, on ESPN that essentially so the US is the only country really that's struggling with a lack lack of COVID tests and the NBA is not willing to take the PR hit because all of these teams and the league itself can afford to get private tests from other countries right and yeah. test everyone they need to I think the math was like they would need 2,000 people at the very least to start the league that's including all the coaches all the trainers all the staff yeah. that needs essential staff like not including ushers for an empty stadium you know yeah and they could afford and very well get 2,000 tests every month but they're not willing to take the PR hit of getting all these tests while the American public is still struggling to get tests. Yeah. So it's either waited out until people can have easily accessible tests, which at this rate is not going to happen anytime soon, or take the financial strain of buying tests for the public, which obviously they can't afford to do. And it's honestly not their responsibility. So. No, but maybe it's uh, so whatever city they go to, maybe they commit to X, some sort of agreement with them to match certain tests you know and there are a lot of counties that are expanding their testing i mean san diego are the uc san diego there we're putting together this program that we're going to be able to potentially we're piloting it now test all the students in the fall oh yeah several times in the fall yeah Um, so i i get the pr hit aspect of it but i think if they approach it so in a way that isn't so tone deaf i think there's a way to get around maybe it. I, it's possible but what he was saying what brian winhorst was saying is the league isn't gonna start up until tests are publicly available simply because for them to start up they need to be testing constantly and they know they can but they won't yeah um man i, I don't know we'll see there's still i think there's still so here's here's the other thing though Football is planning to start. Like they're they're operating as if come late September. I don't know about yeah. the preseason, right? Maybe some preseason games in August get canceled. But come September, when football season starts, they're they're operating under the assumption that we'll be through this. We can finally have games, crowd or yeah. not. The players can be there. 
probably the crowd too. Yeah. And at what point, let's say the NBA uses them sort of as like a model and they can come back at the late, at the earliest in September, at what point do you just, is it worth fighting against the NFL season? You know, at what point do you just chalk it up? They they have to be done by Labor Day. They're not going to, because you just keep pushing the next season. You can't, you can't keep doing that. So do you think Labor Day is the cutoff? Like if, if we don't get anything, get, if we don't get anything done by Labor Day, then it's like, I think the finals have to be done by Labor Day. Okay. But I still, that still gives us five or six weeks to start. Because we could start in mid-July and get done by Labor Day. So I guess follow-up is where would we start? Oh, where? Oh, dude. So I was, uh, well, some people have said Vegas. Like I've read a few articles on that. And then I, uh, the other day I was reading an article on um, potentially Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. The little bubble. That's brilliant. It's a fucking resort. Yeah. yeah. Right. And there's um, a lot of courts there because that's where ESPN is. And I, do, do families come too? I don't know. Anyway, what happens to the season though? Like, do we start with the 20 games left? Uh, do the Spurs get a chance to get the eight seed? Or are we just starting from the playoffs and screw the streak? I don't know. I think the longer we wait, the less likely it is that we have any sort of regular season or warm-up games or anything like that um i just it's tough dude because i mean outside of just being a spurs fan right they're the east whatever no one gives a shit only the top four teams are worth it in the west i'm not saying the eight seed is going to upset the lakers right but there's four teams fighting for one spot and it would really suck like you're one game behind and then it's like oh let's cancel the last quarter of the season and then just give it to the person that's there Um, so what I think they should do if they start anytime soon is allow 12 teams from each conference and you have um, a couple, you have extra rounds here, right? So your first round, your new first round is actually um, between the top or the lot five through 12 seeds. Your top four seeds get a buy in each conference and you play three game series. That's the three. That's the three, right? So your Spurs get in the playoffs in that, in that scenario. And if you're playing a game every other day, we're only talking about six or seven days a week, right? A week's time for them to, those teams to play. Yeah. Um, and then you jump into what would be then the second round, best of five between all the, the top eight remaining of each conference. It's kind of like more mm-hmm. your traditional playoff and then top kind of go from there just to allow, like you're saying, like you don't want to, you don't want to punish the Portland trailblazers or the Pelicans um, I think out east, there's nobody who's close to the eight seed. But um, those teams that were close enough to potentially make a run, you don't want to punish them for a season being cut short by a quarter of its schedule. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you hear March, and if you're in March, you're thinking, okay, we're basically in the playoffs. But if you look at the schedule, like most teams still have 19 games left, and that's a eight, lot of games, man. Yeah, like yeah, anything could happen. You, John yeah, Moran could have like, got hurt and. You know, now it's a walk in the park for the Blazers or the Pelicans. Yeah, like, if you win nine games, like, that could be enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's crazy, Especially man. all those teams, like, middling right at 500. Like, 19 games, I don't know. But Dude, uh, really, I think uh, – Really hope it comes back. I think that's a good proposal. Um, obviously, it's, like, far-fetched in the sense that I don't think the league would be willing to – deviate that much but yeah. i think it's very reasonable in the sense that you give all the shot all a shot to all the teams that were fighting to be in the playoffs plus 
gives them a chance. It gives them a better chance than like, you know, just duking it out against LA the first round. Dude, how exciting would that first round be? Um, right. Like, I don't, I don't like, remember what five, the matchups were, but it was like uh, uh, Luca uh, versus Zion, like Dallas and and uh, the Pelicans were gonna play. Um, the Spurs even were playing uh, Denver, maybe or. I'll pull it up real quick. So um, this is based on the standings when the season ended. And uh, if we let the first, the top 12 teams, because honestly the bottom three on each conference didn't have a chance, right? But the top, at least in the West, you do top 12 because it's an even number. And in the West, it was the top, it was the last uh, four teams that actually were vying for the eight seed. But one through four get a bye first round. So that would be the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. So if you had five versus 12, again, based on the standings when the season ended or it got suspended, it'd be Thunder versus Spurs, Rockets versus Kings, Mavericks versus Pelicans, and uh, Grizzlies versus Trailblazers. Dude, Gri- Grizzlies, Trailblazers, and Mavericks, Pelicans. That'd be Mu- nasty. That's must-watch TV, man. Yeah, like imagine the views on that. Yeah. L- Luka versus Zion playoffs. Yes, that'd be sick. And like you could, I mean – I don't know that the Spurs or the Kings would upset the Thunder or the Rockets, right? But imagine a 10 seed being in the second round. Dude, I mean, you win, one, you win one game, you know what I mean? Like, and all of a sudden it's a series, games. best of three, man. It's just, yeah, it's, who the hell knows? Especially with the way that, with the way the season stopped, you yeah. know? You're talking about a huge break. It'd be interesting. Um, on the other side, it'd be a lot more boring, so... <laughs> The Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat, the top four, would all get a bye. And then you would have the Pacers against the 12th seed Knicks. Oh, God. Yeah, God. <laughs> the hell. The 76ers versus the Bulls. Oh, my gosh. That's somehow worse. <laughs> and then the Nets versus the Hornets. That's the worst one, actually, right there. <laughs> and the Magic versus the Wizards. The Wizards Magic were actually Wiz. Like, the Wizards were like two games out of the year. They were right there, man. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Beal. Yeah. They had like 32 wins. Would John Wall come back? <laughs> Everybody's talking about if Kevin Durant would come back. I think John Wall would come back. The question is, would John Wall and Bradley Beal be able to get it done a sixth time? Could Sadoransky on the Bulls upset the Sixers? He'd Next on first take. <laughs> It'd be so amazing to like have something like that to watch on TV. And I'm just thinking very selfishly. You know what I'm saying? Just like how hyped would we be if we could watch these games right now? It's a lot of fun to watch old games. And I'm, I trust me, I do that anyways, but it'd be really nice to watch the Pelicans play the Mavericks. Did you see that um, ESPN reported that tomorrow Adam Silver is going to hold a conference call with all the players? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I didn't see anything else about it, though. Wasn't that supposed to be today? No, Friday. Oh, Friday. Friday, yeah. Um, And it's basically going to go over the fact that the NBA is going to allow the um, oh, answer questions off. about that stuff. Yeah. Basically, how they're going to handle, because I think starting month, because they pushed it back, like the opening of the training facilities, I think it's yeah. going to start on Monday now. And they're going to talk about it on Friday. Dude, they can definitely, they could easily get, okay, so I'm reading this SI article. Um, oh, we're we're going to talk about it on Friday or tomorrow, I guess, when we do the, if we want to do the Pacers Bulls thing. But, um, mm-hmm. So they need to obtain 15,000 tests. Like they can, they can do that. We, again, UC San Diego has 15,000 tests available. Like Already? Can, yeah. Yeah. You got um, them from China? 
I don't know where the hell they got them. Probably. Um, cut that. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell us what department you work in again? Yeah, right. Let's see. So, okay. So, I mean, you're right about the Brian Winhurst thing, what he was talking about, but he also says he does believe, or he believes that the NBA believes they can get the rest of the season in at some point. Um, oh, wow. They are talking about potentially restarting in the fall. There's no way they do that. That's too late. Ah. Yeah. I just, I don't know where they would go from there. All right. So it's now May 8th. Um, this is the next day uh, since we first started having this conversation. And we thought it'd be important to sort of update this pod a little bit because there's been a lot of new information that's been released since we recorded. That's right, in one day. Uh, so today, the NBA held a full-on meeting, I guess, with all of the players on some sort of conference call. And they released some new information. So one of the uh, drawbacks that I said was that the NBA wasn't going to let the teams or the whole NBA as a whole as an entity start testing everyone even if they have the resources to knowing that the average american citizen can't that being said the nba has now allowed teams to start testing their players and their staff even if they're not showing symptoms if they're going to go ahead and open back up their facilities like we had talked about so it seems like that's one step in the right direction and i thought that'd be important to address i don't know if you think that changes things i think if the nba is willing to start doing that then maybe they'll be willing to you know test everyone if they're going to start up the league again but mm. i was already on the that. side of uh i thought they would return and i thought they would be te- like they're going to be able to get enough tests to i don't think getting the test will be a problem i think you agreed with that yesterday um, right and now it seems like they aren't i think they're okay confronting any pr that might come back that's a little negative but again we're several weeks removed from when they first administered those tests when literally no one could get them. Now people in counties are getting them. It's a lot harder if you, as somebody who doesn't, isn't exhibiting symptoms or even people who are exhibiting mild symptoms to get a test, but at least people who are, who really need one are getting them. So. So uh, I'm looking at this live and basically what they're doing is they're allowing teams in cities that are opening up and have what they call robust testing programs in place. So for example, the Los Angeles teams, the Clippers and the Lakers are allowed to test their players and their staff, even if they're asymptomatic, simply because the mayor has already said that they have enough tests where the average citizen can go get tested. They're no longer being reserved to healthcare workers or or with people exhibiting symptoms. Mm -hmm. So it still fits within that parameter of we're not going to take the PR hit of letting people get tested. Yeah. Um, but it's just, expanding enough to. Yeah. So gotcha. we'll see. Uh, maybe if more cities, if more big cities, you know, the ones that have teams start saying they have more tests available, then we'll see that. But I don't know. Um, I think this gives it more life. But I was listening pretty recently uh, to Zach Lowe talk about this, and I thought he brought up some good points. Basically identifying what you had said yesterday, which was we are nearing really close to that deadline of there needs to be a call made soon, regardless of next season. Uh, Adam Silver indicated that he wants to have a full season if they're going to resume. So he wants to continue the regular season and traditional playoffs. That's like the goal of not necessarily changing everything. 
But I don't know. Uh, basically, Zach Lowe brings up the same point that it's going to be really hard to, you know, facilitate, not just facilitate, but like be able to absorb the PR hit of just having 15,000 tests and keeping them only for your players and for your staff. So there's yeah. that aspect. He says that, you know, the deadline's coming right up. So you really don't know. And that basically the biggest reason that, you know, everyone wants to start the season is because there's a lot of money up, you know, for grabs, like all of yeah. those playoff games, all of those tele- play- televised playoff games, like that's money lost for everybody. But I don't know if it's enough to just completely restart everything. Now, so, so to be fair, um, I, could, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I think that if they can figure out the testing piece, I think they're going to start back up. And I only say that because Adam Silver also said he's preparing all these teams in the event that there isn't a vaccine and that this virus is still out there, that they're going to have to play these their whole season next year with no fans. Yeah. So if that's the case, I don't see there's that, that there's too many barriers from stopping them from doing this now, especially if they can get them, get them into a place like we were talking about, like Disney world or something like that. Shit. Honestly, if you're, if your NBA teams are at a place like that, they probably have more freedom there than they do in their home cities. Cause if you contain the resort, you can actually make it a little like, you know, like kind of like its own little island. town. That's like, it's like an Island. Like some of these islands that don't have cases or, you know, that are, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. really mitigating the risk once you get everybody in there. So this was the biggest thing that he brought up. And I think it's a crucial point that we didn't talk about yesterday that we probably should have, um, that we, many people have glossed over is it took Rudy Gobert. Obviously the circumstances are different, right? Mm-hmm. But it took one player po- testing positive to shut everything down, which ended up being a good call. Cause since then we've had like at least 30, something like 30 players test positive, which yeah. is, a pretty decent amount. That's two full rosters. And what Zach Lowe was talking about is it's going to be almost impossible to avoid people testing positive, even within the hub. Yeah. Right? You have to know um, what you'll do if somebody tests positive. Right. And that's what he was saying. It's like, let's say that they restart it. Let's say it's the playoffs. And let's say Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets test positive. And it's yeah. like, okay, you know, if if a bench guy tests positive, like whatever, you carry on the series, but then you're going to like have the Nuggets continue playing. First of all, do the players still want to play knowing that they might have it? Second of all, are you going to have the teams have to play without their best players? Yeah. And if one player tests positive and it's spreading as quickly as we say it is, mm-hmm. or as quickly as we think it is, what's, what are the finals going to look like, right? So let's say their best of five series, they have to dwindle them down. And then you have like, a version of the Clippers without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. And then you have a version of the Celtics, you know, without Gordon Hayward, without Jason Tatum, because they're all mm-hmm. sick and quarantined. And at that point, is the product that you're putting out even worth it? Are fans going to be interested? You know, I think fans want live sports, right? But at the same time, how are you going to mitigate it mm-hmm. spreading within there? And I think that's important, you know, because if someone tests positive, you have to presume that everyone else has had contact with them. At what point, like, are the G League players from these teams suited? <laughs> I mean, okay, so, but granted, they're testing, you have to assume that they're testing probably twice a day, in the morning and right before tip-off or something like that. Yeah. Right? So, you're going to know. 
as soon as you can that other people are testing positive. You know, like you yeah, can't then, you can't do much more than that. And that's, I know, but then what? That, right, but let's look at their most marquee teams, right? So uh-huh. if LeBron James tests positive and has to sit out for the conference finals, but okay, is, is that a reason not to do it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like that's do, like. But do you want to watch that basketball? So okay, so if, okay, maybe that, you do, it, maybe for, I do, but does the for, average fan? For that argument, right? Why we should just cancel next season then? Why? Why not? Why do you think it's going to be any different? Because if a player <laughs> misses five regular season games, it's what happens if it's if it's the playoffs season. again? All of a sudden, we're back in the playoffs, and I don't. I just don't think that's a reason not to do it. There's a lot I of think, reasons to say that we shouldn't do it. I don't. I don't think any of them are strong enough to actually allow the league for the league to say we're not going to do it. We're not going to try. I just think that the quarantine issue could be a problem because as soon as someone tests positive you're at risk of a lot of people testing positive. And then even if they're asymptomatic, the protocol is probably going to be, they have to sit out. Yeah, definitely. At that point, you know, how many players are playing? Like just worst case scenario, right? You know, sometimes you you have issues where like a team gets hit with, you know, the cold or the common flu, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, but okay, they're good so enough to play, but five teams are ravaged, or five players are are like hit by it, and it's like a depleted team for one game, right? But if you get to a point where we are okay, so you've quarantined them in Disney World, and nobody has it for fourteen days, and then you start letting them interact or however you want to do it, like sure, 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 nobody but has it then. It's just, it's not there. I get that. However, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if they're already saying they need at least like two thousand people to make this happen. Yeah, I just don't think that they're going to go in with 2,000 clean bodies. And if they do have people that do have it, that it's going to be mitigated before anyone else gets it. I don't know. But Okay, so the, but they're going to get those people in there and then quarantine them. That's what I'm saying. But we don't know that the 14 days is like a strict 14-day like in and out. Okay, right? well, <laughs> if you're going to go that far with it, then yeah, what the fuck but are we even talking about? I don't think it's that far i'm just saying that these are things that are going to happen when they get everyone together sure inevitabilities not possibilities i don't think that's a reason not to do it but i think all i think there's a reason to try indi- it i think these are all indicators that it might not happen that's right. what they are um he, al- he was also saying how like the guidelines that they uh gave teams for reopening is like 25 pages long it's like how to clean the ball how to clean, like, you know, mm. whatever weights the players touch, stuff like that. So, I mean, they're doing their best. It's, like, really intricate. But yeah. Basically, and, again, if they, if they get into that quarantined area, wherever that whatever, – whatever city or whatever area they want to be at, it's only going to be easier for them to control that. That being said, one of the things that Adam Silver did say to the players today was that they don't want to bring them in somewhere just to have them sit in a hotel room for months at a time. So it's like they don't want to just – but that's the benefit of Disney World or Disneyland, they whatever. Go to the games, they gotta go on the rides. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a resort, dude. It's like a whole like yeah. It's a whole yeah, city. It's a whole town. Again, so then it's not just the players. And no, the no, no, no. Like the resort is blocked off, dude. What I'm saying, right, right. But what I'm trying to get at is that's more bodies that you need in there to be blocked off as well. I mean, I oh. guess that the NBA is paying you to just chill with nba players and give them food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I don't, I don't i don't know dude 
that's that's part of the 2000 that's part of the is it? people who are running the food people who are running oh, okay. the the hotels and the resort i would assume las vegas is another optional site but i think see that one makes it that that one's harder yeah that's less likely yeah that, that makes it a little more difficult unless you're going to stick them out and make your own resort somewhere but disney disney world is i don't know it makes a lot of sense i like that idea me too. I think they do it, dude. I know, I know you're. I know you're thinking they won't, but. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. I mean, like I said yesterday, I think it'll depend on what the NFL does because the NFL's. But the NFL's. They're gonna play their full season. NFL doesn't give a shit about anybody, <laughs> so like they're all just for those <laughs> of you listening at home. The money thing. Mom, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the money side. <laughs> Juan's mom. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I know we both hope that they they come back, man. I really miss it. As long as they play the regular season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can see the Spurs. <laughs> I don't think the regular season's happening. I can't believe. I'm surprised he said that. Yeah, he said they wanted to do a full <clears throat> thing, but. Oh well, yeah, I want a million we'll dollars, but you know. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? All right, man. Until right, uh, next time. For listening. We'll see y'all later. Peace.